Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stolen Droids Podcast. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. I'm Zook. Yes. This will all make sense after you see Guardians of the Galaxy tomorrow. That's awesome. Understood, understood. Well, you held down the fort by yourself last week. Surprisingly, yes. That's amazing. It, it really was. I apologize again to all of our listeners who had to tolerate me for almost an hour. But, yeah, I did it. Good job. I am a professional. You are. Uh, there's only been twice I've missed the show, and both times you've had to step up, and I think you always do a good job. Well, thank you. I do appreciate that. You know, it's funny because Colin was actually supposed to join, but I found out later. I thought he died, you know, horrific T-Rex accident, which probably happened. But during his regeneration, um, he actually fell asleep. And so that's that's why I was flying solo, um, if the truth be told. Although dying via T-Rex at the Jurassic Park ride, uh, Universal Studios... He's a lot more plausible considering it's Colin. Right. And we know he doesn't sleep, so. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> well, hey, we are brought to you by our friends over at TrekRadio.net, CryptonRadio.com, Stitcher.com, Radio KSCR, Geek Factor Radio, and by Zane. Yes. He is He is our patron supporter, Patreon. So if you all want to get your name in the credits, you want to get production i mean what looks better on a resume than producing a podcast right let's be honest here uh, you can do it and you can do it for as little as a dollar a month mm-hmm. so i mean that's like cheaper than the price of a candy bar how much do you love us really i mean we've got what twenty thousand listeners maybe l- l- uh, l- l- let's be honest i mean nothing you can do can really help children in africa but you could help a great podcast for for less than the price of a cup of coffee, unless I don't know, I don't a cup of coffee at Starbucks. Yeah, well, that's a bad example. I I know, but I mean that's just going to illustrate how cheap we are. You could buy a new car for less than the cost of a cu- cup of coffee at Starbucks every day. You know, I learned something this morning. We had this thing at work. You can buy coffee from Starbucks by the carton. They're like like a box of coffee. <laughs> like. <laughs> It's like, like a, a box of wine, only yeah, it's coffee. It's like, it's like a wine box, but it's full of coffee. That's hilarious. I, I didn't know. I mean, we are at the pinnacle of our society. Yeah, I still have to use toilet paper on my butt. What's going on with this? I don't know. I don't know. There are options. None of them are good. Um, hey, we had some feedback last week. Dragging and we have feed- carpet. <laughs> and we have feedback this week. Um, you answered a great question from Ruff last week about mesh Wi-Fi. And I think we need to write an article on this uh, famous last words, I know, because technically what I have isn't a mesh. No, but it it kind of accomplishes the same thing. Sure, yeah. I mean, I, I work with a guy who, who also has um, ubiquity, like you do, and it, it gives you a lot of the... A lot of the same advantages, mm-hmm. but it's it's not a true mesh. And, and it can go into mesh mode, but then there's always problems. But uh, otherwise, I, I think, Ruff, you got a good answer there. However, then Ruff asked another question for this week, and he says, Greetings. Uh, is the expression, do me a solid, widely used? I asked because I'm not that familiar with it. I know what Zook meant, but my initial reaction was that Zook was asking Schmitty to do him a number two. It changed the nature of the request a fair bit. Cheers, rough. 
That's awesome. Now, it, what's funny is the fact that, so I've always known that phrase, do me a solid. It's like, do me a solid favor. But I go online to look it up and everyone says, oh yeah, it's first came from a Seinfeld episode. No, it didn't. It's from like the 60s and 70s. Yeah, possibly. I, I'm not going to argue that. It's just, it's it a sounds like hippie talk. Yeah. And I just slaughtered that word, but it's just, it, it's just one of those phrases that certain areas may use and certain areas may not, but see, I don't know anybody who uses that like on a regular basis. I, I use it frequently. I used to use the phrase cool beans a lot and I have no clue where that came from. And then I went back to the Midwest and everyone out there uses it. But see, I like, I never even hear you say it. So I try not to anymore. A lot of my little mannerisms and my uh, my little verbal tics, I try and not use as much anymore. We've been doing this show for six years, and I listen to every episode just so I can get annoyed with myself when I actually do use those phrases. Like when I used to uh, tick my tongue when I was about to uh, start a new thought, or when I'd go um when I was about to change subjects. Yeah. Yeah, I I actually, you know, that is one good thing about producing a show is you, you're forced to listen to it. And I've noticed there are little things I'll do, like I'll breathe into the microphone, which drives me insane. But I don't know how not to breathe. Yeah, when I uh, need to take a yawn, I've changed the way I yawn. I changed the way I do uh, a harsh breathe in so it's not directly into the mic. If you were watching this, you would notice... Like, like Zoner can see it whenever I take a yawn or whenever I need a really large breath. I always turn away from the mic. Yeah, I'll do that too. But like when I'm speaking, you know, I, you run out of air and you got to take a breath. And I can sometimes hear that. Not always, but sometimes I can hear it. And it really bothers me. Yeah. Uh, well, now we're pointing out all our flaws to our listeners. So they're going to listen to this. And they're going to say, he's clicking his tongue. He's breathing. Shut up, idiot. Why is he breathing? We don't pay him to breathe. But you could if you go to <laughs> patreon.com slash stolen droids. <laughs> um, Pay me to breathe, y'all. All right, Rough, thanks. Um, we also got a novel from Nathan Little. Ooh. He likes to write, though. He does. And he's also one of our writers now. Yeah, he's a contributor to the site. So if you haven't had a chance to have your childhood ruined by him uh, in how you see star wars space battles check it out at stolendroids.com he he actually wrote a really good article about it mm -hmm. um, but it he, did ruin my childhood so thanks Nathan. everything Appreciate ruins it. your childhood you, but you didn't which is really weird because you didn't have a great childhood i had a crappy childhood so that's why i try and hold on to the things that i have stop taking these away from me <laughs> nathan writes i agree that making content easily available will reduce the amount of illegal streaming However, I don't believe that it is as much of a factor as you guys have repeatedly stated. I have an example of what I mean. Some close relatives who may or may not be my progenitors are very religious. They obey the letter of the law with the exception of the speed limit to an annoying degree. They thought their children to, they taught their children that taking advantage of a person or business is probably not only illegal, but most definitely a sin. I was recently shocked to learn that last year one of them bought what was essentially a thumb drive with Wi-Fi capability from China. Using this device, they have free and illegal access to movies that are new releases in theaters, as well as access to any cable channel that can be found on the internet. With them, I believe that cognitive dissonance is more to blame than not being able to go to a theater to watch a movie. The landscape of pirated movies has changed greatly over the past couple decades. I remember when you had to buy a VHS out of the trunk of a car, which smelled like horrible knockoff perfume. 
the film would usually be from a handheld camcorder that would bounce around and include a laugh track and commentary from people watching the movie. The act of buying it felt dirty. Watching it also felt dirty. Now it's easy to do a Hulu search for movies and accidentally end up on a site that streams CD content. Also, the quality of that content is often high res. In the case of my first example, the product may have been sold as completely legal for streaming, only failing to mention that what you stream may be the illegal part. I once asked them if they realized what they were doing was illegal, and one of them responded, I wouldn't pay to see this movie in the theater. It's not like they're losing any money because of me. To which I thought, he has a partial truth. That but, is a good point. But if he's on the edge of a slippery slope, if not already sliding down and not realizing it, it's possible that he wouldn't see it in the theater, but what about later on a movie channel or Netflix? The movie company would love would lose out on money there. What about those movies that would be interesting enough to see in theater, but because they have to have it for free in the home, they decide not to. It would be way easy to way easy for to change the scales of what you believe the theater is worthy, or maybe they're old and no longer care. I partly believe that with the younger crowd, that money is part of why they stream content. We now live in a culture where media is consumed in enormous quantities. We all want to be able to be, to talk about the newest thing, and with the amount of things out there. It becomes easier and cheaper to do it illegally. Apologies for the long email. One last thing, Zoner, could you show us on this doll where Bill Nye touched you? Thanks, I hate Nathan. Bill Nye. I hate Bill Nye so much. So much. Um, okay, so a, a lot to digest in that email there, Nathan. But the main, uh, the main theme of it is that maybe we put too much of it into making content available. Well, cut piracy you're always going to have piracy even if everything was so easily available people will always pirate uh you can't get rid of it you can never get rid of it and i don't think we've ever said you can get rid of it but you can cut back on it it's not that making it available is the act it's making it easy to to get yeah easily available um i remember when we first started this show six years ago Remember, Stark would always go on and on and on about a la carte programming. Remember that? Yep. Yep. He, he always wanted a la carte cable programming. He always wanted a la carte shows. He always wanted... Well, back then, it, we kind of had it, and it was a mess. It was a hot mess, because if you wanted this show, you had to go on Hulu. And if you wanted that show, you had to go on the Sci-Fi app. And if you wanted this show, you had to go onto the ABC app. And this one was the CW app. And this one was the Comedy Central app. And you ended up having to have like 60 different apps just to stream what you want. There were entire services built around the idea of, can I watch it online? I think that was a, our favorite a few times. Can I stream it? Yeah, can I stream it? Because you had no idea where something was, what quality it was, any of it. But yeah, it, I, I could just torrent that, it. It's still that way to some extent, though. Right. It, it is better with the... Uh, emergence and evolution of Netflix and Amazon and Hulu. Uh, but it can still be difficult, which is, I think, I saw something today, or maybe it was yesterday, HBO, once their deal with, a uh, current deal with Amazon is done, they're not going to renew. So next year, HBO will no longer be available via Amazon Prime. And I bet we start to see piracy creep up. I mean, Game of Thrones is already the number one pirated show out there. Right. But I th I think we'll see the numbers creep up because it's not easily available to the masses. I have examples to help back this up as well. I mean, 
so I'm a bit of a completionist. Uh, I, if I'm downloading a series, I like to get the entire series. And back when I used to do that a lot, it meant that I would have entire hard drives full of shows that I probably never actually watched, but I had every freaking episode of it. You know, I didn't just have a few songs by this artist. I had every album, every artist. I had all of it fully. I did the MP3 tags, you know, the ID3 tags. I had every bit of information entered into it. I had the album art. I had playlists built for it. It was a pain and a half just managing that much media. And I still have a lot of it. I have the entire series of Briscoe County Jr. on my media center. Because I can't find it anywhere else. And sure, I don't watch it, and I've never seen it all the way through. But I know it's there if ever I want to. <laughs> it's like it's a comfort for you to know that you have it. Right. It's a dumb reason, but it's there. Um, I also have... Um, Star Wars. I have which one? All of them. No, but which version? I don't know. But here's the thing. Yeah, I have them on my media center, and they're right there. But then you run into other problems. For instance, if aliens are talking, there's no subtitle track. You can't hear what they're saying. You you can't understand what they're saying. I could add in a subtitle track, but then we have subtitles the entire time. So yeah. then I know ominous music is playing or door creaks shut or something else. And I can't control that. It's the same way with um, The Last Samurai, Tom Cruise movie, right? Ken Watanabe, Tom Cruise. Uh-huh. Great movie. Dumb, a little bit dumb, but really good movie to watch. Just turn your brain off and watch it. Well, half of it's in Japanese. I own that movie. I own it on DVD. But it was easier for me to just rip it and make a digital copy, throw it on my media center. And then I realized I didn't have any of the Japanese subtitles. So then I pulled the subtitle track. But the subtitle track was all the subtitles. All of them. It's a pain in the butt. It's much easier for me to just go onto Netflix and say, yeah, I just want to watch it. Yeah. So it's, it's not just about things being available. It's about things being easy. Okay? And... and that's not the only thing. People used to download music like crazy and make playlists and transfer it over to your phone so you could play it. Guess what? They're not doing that anymore. They're happily paying five bucks a month for Pandora to do it for them. Yeah. It's all about accessibility, but not just being available, being accessible. So. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I, I think we sometimes fail to mention that, you know, just because something is available doesn't mean it's something that you want. It doesn't mean that it's the best option. I mean, I'm trying to think. I was trying to... I've got a buddy who is ripping all of his DVDs to MKV files and putting them on his on his media server. And he was telling me the stresses he's going through with this. And so he said... I mean, he straight up said it would be easier for me to just go torrent the movie. All trying to get, like you were saying, the, the subtitles and just everything. It's easier to just go pirate the thing, which, you know, is it really piracy if he owns it? But I mean, that's a debate for another day. But 
It, 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 let's be honest. For us OCD types, there's nothing sexier than a well-built media library. I know, with all the tags proper and, yeah. It, it's just it's just that way. My wife doesn't even use our media center anymore. All the shows she wants to watch are all on Hulu and Netflix. Yeah. I mean, there's no point, you know? If it's if it's out there and it's easy to get to, there's no point. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the uh, novel, Nathan. We appreciate it. Um, and as for your family members who are blatantly stealing, maybe they're just dicks. Possibly. I'm just saying. That you know that that is an interesting concept, though, and I'd be interested to learn more. Being a dick. And, yeah, well, no, the the hardware aspect and stuff. So, I I think I've heard some of that um, in my internet adventures. However, I don't know all of it. Hmm. Gotcha. All right. Well, uh, again, if you want to write us feedback at stolendroids.com or give us a call 801-917-GEEK, um, and we will read your email or play your voicemail on the air and answer your questions as best we are able. We try. We do. Into our headlines this week. And not a lot happened this week, but all of it was a decent a decent amount of decent size of stuff, I should say. I yeah, screwed that I got, up. You you know what I mean. I got to say, I'm really glad that I'm not having to do this week's show alone, because filling the filling the time would just be excruciating to try and do alone. It would. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure how we're going to do it when we're not alone. Oh, we'll just make it up as we go. And if if we don't know what we're doing, um, first of all, I got to say right off the bat, we link to an article on Fortune. Dot com. We're sorry. And they have an autoplay video right up at the top, and it's loud, and it's autoplay. I apologize. I apologize. I have gotten to the point with my internet adventures that if there is a video that autoplays on a website, it could be a site that I've gone to for years. I will not go to that site anymore. Yep. Um, well, this one is talking about Apple Pay. And here, we'll just uh, we'll just go through the article so you don't have to go to Fortune and listen to this horrible video. Apple Pay transactions are up 450% over last year. That's that's good. That's impressive. That is impressive. Now, um we still don't know the exact numbers, but uh Tim Cook, CEO of Apple has said that um yeah, things are going great. Four and a half times as many transactions at the same time last year. It's not surprising, considering last year they were only in a few markets, and here they've expanded to 16. Yeah. Or 15, I apologize. And when you say markets, um, it's countries. Like full countries. United States, United Kingdom, Switzerland, Canada, Australia, China, France, Hong Kong, Singapore, Japan, and Russia. You know, all countries where people use money. Yes. Yes. Now, I, I I think because of the fact that they've expanded so much into so much more of the world, that is obviously playing a huge part in it. But still, in this country, I go and I'll use my I'll use my Samsung and I'll use Samsung Pay, and almost everywhere I go, the people at the cash register will say, "Oh, Apple Pay doesn't work. We don't have Apple Pay turned on. You can't use Apple Pay." And so I don't know where these people are actually using Apple Pay. I I get that. I but I believe it. I I believe it too. It just I'm baffled by it. It's 
the thing is, is that it doesn't actually surprise me because now that using Samsung Pay as much as I do, it's just so easy. Again, it goes back to the accessibility thing. There's no inherent benefit to having it on your phone or on your watch as opposed to using your card. It's just easier. Yeah, it is. And we are all about making things easy. That's what we humans do most. Something's hard, either don't do it or find a way to make it easier. So I think this is much more... And I haven't heard anything bad about Apple Pay. It seems to work just fine. When they have the terminals enabled. Right. And that's not on them. That's that's on credit card companies I, trying to flex their muscle. Yeah. I think this just really speaks more to Apple hitting the hammer while at the perfect time. They weren't early with it like, you know, ISIS or SoftCard. They weren't late to it like currency, I guess, would be the best example. That one PayPal and Walgreens tried doing it, or Walmart. Walmart's is still going, though, which baffles me every time I go there. Well, it's because it's Walmart. Yeah, I can't use Samsung Pay when I go because they've disabled it in favor of their own abomination. Yeah. I'm not scanning a QR code, Walmart. I'm sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry. I'm not even sorry I'm not sorry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, I'm just Stupid saying Walmart. Apple hit this at the perfect time and it happened to also be or about the same time that Google decided to completely screw up Google Pay or Google Wallet so it really really benefited them good job Apple you know I'd be curious to see what the numbers are like for for Android Pay at this point compared to a year ago or compared to before they split Android Pay and Google Wallet into two separate things. Yeah, I'm not sure we'll ever get those numbers, kind of like Apple Pay. Also, numbers we'll never get are Apple Watch sales. Also, according to Tim Cook, and this is from The Verge, so there's no autoplay, Tim Cook says that uh, watch sales have nearly doubled since last year. (laughs) He's really good at coming with the vague numbers. It's like specifically vague. Right. Um, the thing is, is that it's all BS because Apple decided to take the Apple Watch into its own division with wearables and other devices. So now Apple Watch is lumped together with Beats headphones, AirPods, Apple TVs, and accessories. Do we remember how much money they make from accessories? Remember, there was like 80% of the market, 80% of the profit from the market is Apple's. Yeah. Well, it's because they'll charge you $85 for a adapter that they took off of their computer. I mean, right. Uh, they and force you. They got you by the short and curlies. 40% of the Bluetooth headphone market is Apple. 11% of the overall headphone market is Apple. So we'll never know exactly how well just the smartwatch is doing. For all we know, the smartwatch is Apple Watch is failing miserably, and it's the headphones that are pulling it forward. So this is a genius move. And I don't mean to sound totally cynical, but let me put it this way to you. When I was growing up, you know, when you were already retired, Zoner, um <laughs> shut up. Lamborghini. The Lamborghini Countach is the fastest car in the world. I remember saying that as a kid. I saw the posters. 
I saw I had the little Hot Wheels car, right? I had a, a Trapper Keeper folder that was a Lamborghini Countach from the back. I still remember it was yellow. Uh, and it was just cool looking. It looked like a spaceship. It was the fastest car in the world. Except was it? See, Lamborghini famously doesn't race. You won't ever find them in a race. They're, they don't go to Le Mans. They don't go to any formula race at all. They do not race. So you know how fast a Ferrari is. You know how fast an Alpha is. You know how fast an Aston Martin, a Nissan, a Toyota, a Ford, a Chevy, a Cadillac. You know how fast all of them are because they all race against each other all the time. You never know how fast a Lamborghini is because they refuse to race. I never thought of that, but yeah, that's a good point. It's the same with the Apple Watch. We'll never know how good it is because they refuse to tell us the numbers. Frankly, they could have said that the Apple Watch sales have gone up 450% and it still wouldn't mean anything. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. If I, It's like I said, they're specifically vague. They'll tell you we've gone up 450%, but 450% of what? That's the question, which is really quite smart on their part because it makes them look good, but it doesn't really tell anything. Right. Maybe for all we know, they sold, they sold one watch last year and now, or they sold almost two and now they, they've sold four watches, 400% increase in revenue in sales. Amazing. Yes. I will say this. I kind of wonder what the their shrinkage, and that's an unfortunate phrase, but in this case it means um, lost products. Apple Watches walk out very easily. You know, I've actually never seen them in store, so I don't know how easy it would be to lift one. I, I, I have. I've seen them in stores, but I mean like by staff. I don't mean to insinuate anything here. I really don't. But I will say this. Many of Apple Watch's numbers in the past, in years past, they've said, ah, we've shipped this many to stores. And they count those as sales. They count them as units moved, right? Yes. 400 units moved to this store alone. It doesn't mean any of them were sold. It just means that that store has 400 units. Yeah. But do those get sold? Do they walk <laughs> out from the storeroom? Do they go I missing? I think eventually they probably sell, um, but it may take a while. I there, don't know. The only reason I bring this up is because there are Reddit threads. There are I was an Apple Store employee testimonials where they would break things. They would steal things. They would sell things on the black market. They would take people's phones and, oh, yeah, we couldn't fix it. So they'd shatter them just for fun and give them a new phone. So I'm just really kind of curious. And, and phones are trackable. You can't track a smartwatch. Yeah. Just interesting. Saying, just saying. I, I have not thought about that. Um, Apple may be, probably not, but maybe in for some hurt here. Um, Qualcomm and Apple are in the middle of a feud. Big surprise. I know. Um, warning, this is Bloomberg, which means there is also an autoplay here. Screw mm. you, Bloomberg. Qualcomm, a U.S. company, is reaching out to the ITC, the International Trade Commission, 
to block iPhone sales outside the country of origin. Well, in this case, the country of origin is China, which means that Apple wouldn't be able to sell iPhones in the U.S., which is where 40% of their revenue comes from. This could suck. That could. Yeah. Um, now. What's what's the reasoning behind this? So Qualcomm owns a whole ton of patents uh-huh. that are used in radios and chipsets and CPUs. And, I mean, you used to see their sticker all over the place. Radio by or antenna by or chipset by Qualcomm. You saw it at the top of your phone, the back of the phone. Um, yep, the back, little sticker. The little sticker. Qualcomm used to make phones themselves. But they just own a whole ton of patents, and they charge licensing fees for everyone to use them. Yep. Well, they're kind of extortionists in this way because they charge a lot, a whole ton. And you are forced to use their th- their stuff because they own the patent on this particular design or this particular radio frequency or the antenna that can talk to that radio frequency. And because in the U.S. we're forced to use those radio frequencies, the government has essentially created a monopoly. Apple has stated that, well, they're not being very fair. They're not being very, uh, they're not playing by good rules, by fair rules. We're just going to stop paying. So they stopped paying Qualcomm their extortionist fee. And meanwhile, they've been trying to switch over to other chipset manufacturers like Intel to try and make antennas that will work with new LTE bands because Qualcomm doesn't own patents on those. So Qualcomm is firing back by trying to throw out this injunction against Apple from selling iPhones and other such cellular products in the U.S. You know, I think as... I mean, even if Qualcomm has a legitimate claim, which I don't know if they do at this point, I don't know enough about the case, but I find it really difficult to find a judge who's willing to ban Apple selling devices in the U.S. I think it'd be really hard to find a judge who is impartial to it. Yeah, I I really, I don't see this happening at all. Who was it? Do you remember years ago when someone tried pulling that against Microsoft and the Xbox? I don't. I think it was Qualcomm then, too. Was it? Yeah. Uh, So is is Qualcomm just the dick of chipset makers? Hey, Nathan, do your your family members work for Qualcomm? Is that where (laughs) they got that little USB stick? Nice. Just saying. Um, Motorola. Motorola has done a lot of things wrong. A lot of things wrong. Yeah. Um, their Hello Moto commercials, chief among them. <laughs> I I cannot stand those things. I cannot stand those commercials in the slightest. Yeah, I would watch those before I would watch Bill Nye. Just saying. Okay. <laughs> okay, carry on. So, wait a minute. There's an update. Ooh. Well, we should give the information. Okay, so um, some eagle-eyed viewers have noticed that Motorola, they thought, was testing out a new Moto tablet, and it'll bring productivity mode to Android. Uh, The idea being that you can quickly switch between apps or dual-screen the apps. Yeah. It changes the app drawer button. Um, However, someone... 
not long ago, actually, just noticed that uh, this may actually be an existing feature already in Motorola tablets that was just previously hidden. Um, they're actually saying it's from Lenovo's Yoga Book, which is isn't that the one that's like all bendy and we've we've talked about it a little bit here. Yeah, it's there's no reason for it. You know, I what's going on with the tablet market? I I put this in because I thought it was interesting that Motorola is coming out with a new tablet when nobody seems to want tablets anymore. And I mean, even Apple's having a tough time selling their iPads. Mm -hmm. I really want a good quality Android tablet to come out, though, because mine are old. They they need to be replaced. I don't. I have my new Galaxy S8 Plus. It's 6.2 inches. It's practically a tablet. It's beautiful. See, I want something bigger than that, though, for reading comic books or whatever else I might be doing. I have a Kindle for reading comic books. My Kindle's black and white. I'm not reading black. I'm not reading comics on a Kindle. I'm, and then I'm going to be getting a new Galaxy book from Samsung because evidently I'm now a Samsung fanboy. A Galaxy book. A Galaxy book. The hell is that? It is a full Windows 10 tablet with an i5 processor in it, four, 8 gigs of RAM, 256 gig SSD, 4K display, 11-hour battery life in a tablet with a detachable pen and keyboard. So it's like a Surface. Okay. It's a Surface killer is what it is. Oh, I just went to CNET. Autoplay. The internet, stop doing this. You're pissing me off. Every side I go to, oh, we need to autoplay crap for you. No, you don't. Well, let's go into furthermore why the Android tablet scene is dying a bit more. And it's because of this new little guy, well, an old guy called Chromebook, which kills the need for an actual productivity-based Android tablet. Because if you, let's be honest, if your work is so lightweight that you only need an Android tablet to do it, you can do it on a Chromebook true you just can um to combat that microsoft is coming out with the windows 10 s laptops and i know what you're probably thinking this sounds a lot like windows 10 or windows 8 rt remember that that limited edition uh -huh. one but this is not actually it will run full-fledged windows it'll run full-fledged uh apps however it's just streamlined and secured Meaning it's kind of what you used to do with Windows 7 installs and Windows 8 installs, taking out all the bloat you didn't need, just having the stuff you did need, and locking it down so it could run on really small devices. Which is is really fascinating to me. Um, they're gonna, these entry-level Windows 10S devices are going to start at $189. Right. That's cheap. So, the, again, the question becomes... Why would you buy an Android tablet for even even the cheapest one you can get that's worth anything is $250 for productivity mode when you could buy a Windows 10 S device for 189 that actually is productive and can run many of those apps that you'd use for consuming stuff. Yeah, I, it's a it's a good question. That's a good question. I think, though, for me, I like a tablet for certain things, primarily reading. I like to read on a tablet. 
you know, I could get one of these Windows 10s machines, and I could read on that. But then I'm reading on a laptop. I'm not. It, it's not the same. That's why I'm getting my Galaxy Book. Yeah. And maybe that's what I need to look into. I don't know. See, I'm I'm excited because like I'm in Scouts now. I'm a Scoutmaster, which means that in about two months I'm going to be going to summer camp for a week with a whole bunch of little Scouts. Now, many of you are probably laughing because the idea of outdoors and scouting probably doesn't jive real well with your image of me. But believe it or not, this is actually something I'm good at. I, I'm I'm very good at it, but I'm going to get bored. And ha the idea of having an 11-hour battery on a tablet with my movies on it sounds delightful. Throw, and... out, throw out some solar panels on top of my tent, let them charge up a battery pack. <laughs> Do you have panels? Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. And not, not enough to like run anything huge, but enough to charge up my battery pack. And I have a 10,000 milliamp hour battery pack that I use to charge my phone and my other tablet. That'll charge this. Nice. That'll work. That'll work. That'll do, pig. <laughs> That'll do. <laughs> no, but seriously, it, when did it turn that Apple and Google of all companies couldn't compete against Windows tablets and Windows laptops? You know, I think it started about the time the Surface came out. The first one or the second one? Um, Maybe the I second. I would say even the first. Because that came out and that seemed to be a game changer. It is quite interesting. I mean, the concept of a full-blown computer inside of a tablet is amazing. My sister-in-law, um, who is an Apple fan, she uses an iPhone. She she loves her, her, her iPhone. She loves her App Store and her iTunes and whatnot. She went through her entire college degree on a Surface Pro. Oh, nice. Yeah. I mean, it's totally possible. It's to my, the, my boss at my last job. He picked up a Surface Pro and he used it, I mean, like crazy. That was his computer. He'd hook, put it into a dock and it would hook up to monitors and keyboards and he would use it as his computer. It, yep. it was great. Now, we should mention there are a couple drawbacks that are freaking some people out here with the Windows 10S devices. Right. Um, and I personally don't think they're that big an issue, but I can totally understand why it is freaking people out. Uh, the Windows 10 S system says it's going to be forcing users to use Edge and Bing. Now, there's legitimate reasons. There's marketing reasons. And then there's the reasons everyone's going to focus on. Okay. The legitimate reason. Edge simply works better with Windows 10. I'm sorry, people. I know you love Chrome or Firefox or heaven help you, Opera. But... Edge just works better. It isn't necessarily as fast, but it runs a lot less memory. It takes a lot less CPU cycles. It requires less power. And if you're on a tablet or on a laptop, trust me, it's noticeable the difference it makes. Now, that's not to say that you can't install another browser. Right. But you can't change the default. Right. Um, Bing is less technical. It's less obvious other than the fact that Google tends to want to run more plugins, more, uh, t 
tie-ins. I'm using the wrong word, but when you go to Google, it wants you to sign into Google so it can load up Google extensions and Google Sheets and Gmail and, and it didn't used to be this way. I, I notice it more when I use, if I'm using Chrome, Google couldn't care less. If I'm using Edge, Google does everything it can to throw itself at me all the time, non-stop. It's like a drunk cougar in the bar on a Saturday night at 11.30 at night. Now, do you mean like large predatory animal or women of a certain age? Women of a certain age, although a large predatory animal will throw itself at you as well, just with a different end in mind. Right, right. Now, of course, there is the marketing reason. If you can get kids, because these are aimed at educational institutions, if you can get kids on edge using Bing, it was kind of like what Apple used to do with the Apple IIe and the Mac II and whatnot. Get kids using them early yep. so they're more familiar with them. I don't think that's going to work. You know, I think it will to some extent. But then there's the reason everyone's going to focus on. Ah, Microsoft is just shoving themselves down my throat again. Microsoft is evil. Microsoft's just in it for the money, blah, blah, blah. And you might not be wrong. Anti-competitive. And France, well, the whole EU is going to lose their mind over Microsoft doing that. They're going to completely lose their mind over it. You may not be wrong, but you might be a little bit overblown on it. Just, I'm just saying here, people. Well... It's not totally unheard of, though, too, for something like that to happen. I mean, iOS, you can't change the default browser. That doesn't make it right that Microsoft is doing it. Mm-hmm. There is also something to be said about security reasons. And before you think I'm just making that up, let's not forget that this week we saw one of the most enormous and well-played phishing attacks hit the Google ecosystem. Yeah. Um, So if you exist on planet Earth, you probably got an email sometime this week saying, hey, I just shared a Google Doc with you. Click here to access it. And it was probably someone you know. And it looked like it was a legitimate Google email because it was a legitimate Google email. It was using their system. And you click on it and it authenticates you in through Google. That wasn't fake. That was real. But the problem was is that the document was actually an application called Google Doc. So when you were saying access Google Doc, what you were saying is, yes, please run this program called Google Doc, where it basically then forwards itself to everyone you know who you've ever emailed from your Gmail account. And since chances are good you have a Google account, I mean, everyone has a Google account, My kids have Google accounts because they use Chromebooks at school, so they are set up with Google accounts at school. Yeah. I'm just saying, security is also a reason why they might be forcing you to use Bing. Now, Google did finally put a stop to it. They were able to figure out exactly what they were doing and kill the accounts associated and kill the paths in. But I saw this come across four or five times at work. It made its way into our corporate email system. And people were clicking it until I finally had to email everyone this PSA saying, knock it off. You know, we got emailed one of those too. And mm-hmm. I didn't know what was going on because I didn't get the email. No, surprisingly, I was not a target in this. Yeah. 
which blows my mind. But yeah, I had no clue what was happening until I started seeing it um, on the internet later that day. And you may have seen our PSA for uh, with it on our Facebook page as well. I figured that was the fastest place to post it and get people to notice it. So always, um, always use your head, people. I mean, this one was really tricky. I, I can't fault anyone because even if you hovered over the link, it looked legitimate. Yeah, they were they were good. They were really good. It was very uncommon how clever they were with this one. Yeah, these people are good at being horrible indeed um so facebook facebook sucks (laughs) we've talked a lot about facebook how they're trying to be a safe space i i don't know why people think the internet needs to be a safe space i don't like that well, it's the alternative is Facebook is the place where you stream yourself beaten up on a kid, which has happened. Facebook yeah. is the place where you stream yourself blowing your brains out, which I think has happened. Facebook is the place where you stream a murder, a murder or a rape or any number of things. It's we'll get into what it is as my mind is struggling just even how to put it into words, but in an effort to try and curb this, Mark Zuckerberg has pledged to hire 3,000 more people to the department that review posts with hate speech or crimes or other harming posts and video posts. Okay. I remember that picture that we talked about a couple years ago of the lady in the bathtub. I do. Yep. With her elbows and it was banned because apparently elbows are the equivalent of nipples or something. Uh, yeah, that's what this group is going to be looking at. They're going to be looking at elbow picks. Okay, um, couple things here. First off, I understand Facebook. I understand Zuckerberg. I get why you're doing this. I even agree with it to a point. You don't want to be the service people are using when they want to murder some kid because of their color. And hey, I'll post the live stream to Facebook. Yep. I get that. I, I get that too. I, to- I do understand that. And no I don't one blame wants to be them. that company. Yeah, I don't blame them. I don't blame it them at all. No one wants to be that company. And no normal human beings want to see those things anyway. Right? The, yeah, just the just the despicable among us. The problem is is manyfold. The first one I come across with, remember when Microsoft was running into problems because the people they hired to filter that stuff and censor it and track it down were turning like suicidal from depression? Yeah. Um, the threat is real. And unfortunately, it doesn't matter how many people you hire to police this stuff. There's always more sickos out in the world pumping this stuff in. Yeah, there is. Um, the second problem, it doesn't actually solve anything. Um, I, not to sound like a cynic here, not to be the pessimist of the group, but this doesn't stop it. This just keeps the rest of us from seeing it. Yep. Now I don't have a plan. I'm not saying I have the solution to it. And if all you guys just listen to this idiot in Utah with a microphone, everything will be fixed. Um, I'm just saying this is a symptom all you're doing is kind of treating a symptom. 
Well, it's you're not even really treating the symptom. You're hiding the symptom. You're covering it up. Right. It's a conspiracy against <laughs> against our our society that is completely effed up to the point where nobody has respect for anything anymore. And, and the worst part about this, I think, is in my mind anyway, Facebook makes us complicit in these attacks. We're using the same system as these people, and it's all okay because we're not seeing them, right? Because this team of all these thousands of people whose sole job it is to make sure I don't see these horrible acts on my social feed. But you are inherently making us complicit in it. I hadn't considered that aspect of it, but yeah, that's a good point. Well, and I don't mean to get all philosophical here, but let's say your neighbor um, has a tendency to beat on children, like just absolutely bludgeon them nearly to death. It's one thing to say, I know this is going on. This is wrong. I'm calling the cops. That person's going to jail. Right? You took action. And sure, you still live on the same street where that happened, but it was taken care of. It was a horrible thing. You wish you could have done more. You wish it had never happened, but it happened. It got taken care of. The person's in jail. And I'm sure child psychologists out there will argue with me that the damage is still ongoing. And you're right. That's not the point of this metaphor. It's different, though, than it's happening. Oh, but don't worry. We've put turned the music up really loud. So we don't hear it. So we're not really aware of it anymore. It's fine. Yeah, it's almost like if you sweep it under the rug, it's not a problem. Right. It, it's in a way, in its own way, enabling it and making you part of the problem. Yeah, there's there's a lot of problems in our society that need to be addressed. And hiding them on Facebook isn't going to help resolve them, I don't think. But it's going to make everyone feel warm and fuzzy because you're not going to have some some racist bigot out there saying horrible things to people. And on the flip side, you're not going to have some somebody doing horrible crap or whatever, you know? But the real problem with all this is, I mean, real problem, is that if you take it too far, I mean, we're, we're, we're coming down on Facebook for not taking it far enough, but the real slippery slope here is is that if they do take it far enough they're essentially being thought police well and that leads to my to my next question at what point do we who who is it that gets to decide what's acceptable and you're exactly right it becomes a thought police type of situation now i think i think we can all agree that certain things are inherently unacceptable that group of kids that were beaten on the trump supporter yeah. Yeah. I mean, totally that's... unacceptable. They should have been immediately um, alerted to police. I mean, Facebook murder. Yeah. Total, total trash. The I sexual mean, assault are... that was posted to Facebook. Oh, was that the one where the chick was um, live streaming it or whatever instead of calling 911? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, these are just, they're bad people. And bad people exist in this world. And we need to learn how to deal with bad people. But you're exactly right, Zook, where we do, we, we are on a slippery slope where someone is out there saying, this is acceptable, this is not. 
And unfortunately, I think this is permeating into a lot of different aspects of our society where you're starting to see thought police pop up, where if you disagree, you can think what you want as long as it's what we tell you to think. Right. (laughs) And the moment you deviate from that, you're a bigot or you're a racist or you're a homophobe or whatever the case may be. You're, I mean, left wing nut job. I mean, it goes both ways. Well, and to be fair, you might be, but none of those are really, how do I put this the best way? Okay. Look, you may not agree with gay marriage. I'm just throwing this out as an example, right? You may post about how you refused service to a gay couple who wanted to get married. And yes, I am pulling that actual headline here. And okay, sure, you might be a bigot, but you're not breaking a law. You're not actually harming anyone. You're not actually, you know what I'm saying? You shouldn't be turned into the thought police for it. Yeah. Versus, by the way, here's their address. You should go and harass them for even being gay and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. This actually happened. Okay. Uh, this, this is the reason why that, uh, that couple up in Oregon or Washington or wherever it was, their bakery made headlines because they actually got incited violence against the people, not because they refused service, but because they then posted all their personal details, aired it out and encouraged people to go to their house. Um, like there's that line. So we're going to let some nameless Facebook employee decide where that line is. Yeah, apparently we are. I, I don't have an answer. Like I already said, Yes, something needs to be done, and I appreciate Facebook saying that we're going to try and do it. I don't think it's going to work, but that's just me. Let's move into something happier, shall we? Sure. That Fitbit explosion may not have been (laughs) an actual explosion. Yeah, Fitbit said, yeah, this isn't... For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, last week I I mentioned a story where a lady was reading and her Fitbit Flex 2 suddenly like exploded on her arm. Uh, Fitbit investigated it. They're like, yeah, this didn't happen because of us. There were some external forces at work here. So uh, the the lady did something. Something happened to the device and... It done blowed up on her, but not because Fitbit makes crap. Indeed. Um, okay, into favorites. And I'm going to start with Schmitty's, actually. He posted it to our show notes. He's not feeling really well. He's We're, we're kind of recovering from our trip out uh, east to see Dr. Squishy. We had a load of fun. Um, posted some pictures of us at the Think Geek store. Uh, it was great, but he's kind of under the weather now recovering from it. But he found this great headline for his favorite, and I wanted to use it because it'll be wasted if we wait till next week. Today is May the 4th, which is unofficially Star Wars Day. It's May the 4th be with you, followed by Revenge of the 5th. And the Canadian government, uh, their Department of Transportation issued a recall detail. Uh, Transport Re- Can- oh, sorry, Transport Canada recall number 2017242. Uh, gives the date. Uh, notification type is inconsequential. The system is a powertrain. 
Um, and it is talking about on certain all-terrain armored transports, walkers used by Imperial ground forces, the central hydraulic system could fail in extreme cold temperatures, such as on planet Hoth or in northern Canada. This could impair laser cannon tracking and affect the walker's ability to maintain balance and could ultimately result in a crash causing injury to Imperial troops. That's hilarious. That is awesome. They estimate it only affects maybe 10,000 units. It is under uh, development. It's an inconsequential notification uh, just to be on alert for it. I also love the fact that they put Northern Canada up with Hoth. Well, they are basically the same. Very much the same. Um, my favorite, my actual favorite this week is from another podcast. I've talked about 99% Invisible before, uh, but this one is a great episode called Reversing the Grid. And it's talking about solar pa panels and net metering. And they talked to the person who accidentally invented net metering. Uh, Zoner, I think you would be fascinated by this episode considering you have solar panels. I do. And in fact, I'm looking to get more this summer, probably. It is an amazing episode that talks about the problems with net metering and the benefits of net metering. I always thought the power companies were just out to screw everyone when they wanted to do away with net metering. Turns out they actually have a reason behind it. And they're not wrong. They're not right. It's a lot deeper a story than I ever thought. It is a fascinating listen. If you like listening to other podcasts, this one is a great episode to start in on. I'll have to check that out. Cause you know, I'll never forget how, um, Utah power was trying to, is trying to raise their rates for people who are not using Utah power. And instead they're using solar panels because we are not paying our fair share for the power that we're not using. They cover that in this episode, and, and it so, turns out they're right, and you're not. And you're so, screwing the rest of us over. I'll, I'll, talk, I'll tell you about it off air. It's fascinating. It really is. And, and I could go in, and I, I'm going to have to check this out. So, yeah, thank you for bringing that um, to my attention. Uh, my favorite this week is Guardians of the Galaxy 2. It opens tomorrow. I got to go, though, to an advanced screening tonight. Uh, compliments of Salt Lake Comic Con, and also um, one of the hosts of the Geek Parenting podcast. So, so thank you, uh, Sarah, for having me having me as your guest uh, in lieu of your husband. Uh, that sounded Whoa, weird. Yeah, <laughs> sounded weird. Her husband couldn't make it. She had an extra ticket. Said, "Who wants it?" I took it. Um, so yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy two. I, I'm going to say this: the opening scene is probably one of the greatest scenes in any movie that I have ever seen. And I said the word scene a lot there, but it is amazing. Toddler Groot is a show stealer in every single scene that he is in. And if you enjoyed the first guardians of the galaxy, they, and let's be honest, it, who didn't? Yeah. They've cranked it up to 11 on this one. The fun is just through the roof. Everything about this movie was good. I can't think of one bad thing about it. I even had some reservations with how they were going to deal with the ego character. And they did it wonderfully, I thought. It all made sense for the movie. And it was just a, a huge amount of fun. So I highly recommend go see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 if you weren't planning on it. Uh, if you were planning on it, it's got the stolen droid seal of approval. 
Excellent. All right. Well, that is our episode this week. Again, feedback at StolenDroids.com. We want to know what you're thinking. Uh, the, leave comments on the show. Give us a call at 801-917-GEEK. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and on Patreon. You should find us there. Patreon.com slash StolenDroids. And until next time, cheers. Good day. Good day.